Hello and welcome to the TTI Distribution Download, the podcast where we talk about all things happening in the world of electronic components with the specialists of TTI. Today it's another installment of Big Ideas and Little Known Facts about Connectors with John Sandy of TTI and Dan Venuto of Molex. Thanks, Jim, and welcome, everybody, to the TTI Molex podcast, Big Ideas and Little Known Facts in the World of Connectors. I'm John Sandy from TTI, and I'm here with my co-host. This is Dan Venuto, really looking forward to a great podcast. Today, we were going to be talking to Kurt Ellery, Global Product Manager in the Molex Transportation Group, to discuss connectors, product development, and the importance of TTI to their business. So, Kirk... Welcome to our podcast, and why don't we start off by telling the listeners a little bit about uh, who Kirk Ullery is and um, what do you do at Molex? Okay, thank you, John. I'm very happy to be here. Um, give you a little bit of background. Uh, I have a degree in mechanical engineering, and I've been in the connector industry for my entire career. Uh, I started on the computer side and did that for a while, and have been in the automotive side for the last 20 years. Worked with various connector, worked for various connector companies within the con- the uh, connector industry. Uh, spent time as a development engineer, uh, product manager, business development, and uh, I'm currently operating as the district distribution interface for the Molex transportation business unit um, based out of the uh, Detroit, Michigan area. Oh, that's great, Kurt. And I wanted to take a second to tell the uh, audience about a story. Uh, you and I were out in Phoenix last week, and um, you know we were doing some training and, and meetings with distribution. But that night, you know, we decided to go get something to eat, and uh, we decided to test out a new uh, fully autonomous vehicle service called Waymo. And, you know, just from my point of view, it was one of the most impressive technological events, I think, for me personally, since I picked up the cell phone. We called this car on our uh, on our iPhones. The car shows up, no driver. We open it up, get in. It drives us probably 10 or 15 minutes, no driver, from uh, Tempe up to Scottsdale to where we were going to eat. And uh, just looking to get your thoughts on that drive, because I know we had a lot of conversations about the technology and what the future looks like for Molex and, and the rest of the industry. Yeah, like like you, Dan, I was truly impressed by it. Um, you know, I've spent the, the last uh, eight or 10 years of my career dealing with the types of interconnects and products that make this all possible, you know, and, and I think it's, it's a great uh, visual example of what the technology that we're working on at Molex and, and throughout the automotive industry is going to do for people in the future. Um, you know, as, as, as you and I, you know, talked during the ride, it was, it was kind of an eerie feeling. Uh, you know, Dan, Dan was up front, I was sitting in the back and I kept looking at the steering wheel, which was turning, you know, ev- doing everything perfectly. But mentally, I'm so used to seeing a driver in the front seat. I finally convinced my brain that it was just a really short guy turning the wheel, uh, which helped me feel better. You know, but then as we looked at the technology in the vehicle, uh, there were display screens for both front and rear seat passengers, and they did an excellent job of showing where we were in terms of the road, um, other things that were on the road. At one point, I noticed there was a little dot next to the car on my display screen, and when I looked up, it was a jogger coming by, and the car let us know they were there. You know, so the again, the, the technology that's in that is just fantastic, and it feels good to to see some uh, 
some tangible evidence of a lot of the stuff that I've been working on for the last 10 or 15 years. No, absolutely. And I was thinking the same thing. I think, you know, since 2015 or 16, we've been hearing about fully autonomous. Is it going to happen? It's here. It's here in Phoenix. Um, you know, if you get online and look at some of these companies, there's a couple other cities out there, but, um, you know, you, you, they have a pretty wide service area and, uh, if anybody's out there, I really, uh, really um, recommend you uh, try Waymo. Put a little plug in there for Waymo and Google. Great uh, Molex customer, by the way. Um, excellent demonstration of kind of what the future is going to look like. Uh, there's so many applications out there. So, um, you know, turning the, the page here, Tell us a little bit about the transportation business at Molex and what makes it such a good fit for distribution. Within Molex, our transportation group has developed a, a huge portfolio of products, primarily for the automotive industry. Uh, we've been at this for quite some time and uh, do close, you know, close to two billion dollars in sales just to the automotive side every year. And what we've done is looked at our portfolio and. We understand that the products we have have a lot of applications outside of automotive, and that's where we really tie in with our distribution partners. Um, you know, the the reach that TTI has in terms of salespeople, uh, stocking, all the all the things that the customers want today for quick delivery and for assistance on designing these products in really um, fits the bill with the, with the TTI team. Um, the products that we're, that we're working with TTI to stock and, and push to our customers are all tooled, readily available, and off the shelf. And what we're trying to do is get people to think even past transportation to look at the rugged and reliable aspects of the products that we're offering. Um, you know, if, if you think about the vehicle environment, uh, it's a very harsh environment. You know, we have products that literally sit on a controller that's mounted directly to an engine. And those, those products work flawlessly for 15, 20 years, the entire life cycle of the vehicle. And then as you get into other applications, electrification is a growth factor in throughout all of transportation and and literally throughout our lives uh, you know if you think of a lot of the the previous mechanical things we've dealt with a lot of those are electric now you know and and there, there's so much opportunity for for the connectors and the systems that molex and TTI are offering that uh, I'm truly excited about the the possibilities going forward Kirk so as we uh, discussed very briefly there about non-automotive opportunities and targets um, could you expand upon that for the for the listeners and really sort of dig into some of the applications that you're looking at you know to start with transportation uh it's a term i've used for years and and the simple definition i come up with is transportation to me if it moves or floats it's a transportation opportunity so you know any anything that encompasses commercial vehicles agriculture um e-bikes, scooters, drone systems, all those kind of things are great opportunities for our connectors. But then the next step beyond transportation encompasses things like white goods. Uh, we currently have products that we developed for automotive that we're shipping in washing machines today because the customers see the value of having this rugged and reliable system that's, that's typically waterproof, um, offers you uh, great features in terms of polarization, latching features. They're not going to 
come apart. And and by putting that in a simple home appliance, you you give such a good customer experience. Um, the example I use, we we're all familiar with washing machines, and you know I've had several times over over my lifetime where a hose breaks in the washing machine, for example, and if the water sprays inside the washing machine and the control board, and you don't have a sealed system, you're going to end up. Um, Frying the board, it's a service call. You know, worst case, you have to replace the washing machine. Whereas with the sealed system on that controller board, all the water does is fall off of it. The customer's happy because all they had to do was replace the the hose and maybe clean up some water in the laundry room floor. But the washing machine continues to work, and because of that happy customer experience, they're going to tell their friends, and that results in more sales for the uh, for the appliance manufacturer. You know, continuing along the uh, theme um, with our products here, we, you know, we're really focused on rugged and reliable. I think you're going to hear that a lot from Molex and TTI as we progress because, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, so we're designing these products typically for transportation and automotive, which is probably, you know, the, you know, probably the harshest uh, environment, whether it's inside the engine whether it's uh, up in Alaska, you know, you know, below freezing temperatures or, or down near the equator, you know, our, our uh, transportation products have to work everywhere. You know, how do you, uh, you know, develop these products and then, you know, what is the tipping point for them to be marketed or, or sold in other areas, whether it's a, uh, you know, UAV or um, something in agriculture? Like, how, how do you see that uh, process uh, move throughout the life of the product? Well, I think it's it's a it's a great um, transition point. You know, again, is typically when we do product development, we're working directly with an OEM or with one of the direct suppliers to the OEM, um, you know, in, in the automotive industry. And there are very specific requirements that, that we have to fulfill in order for the customer to accept our product. Um, the primary driving force in North America is an organization called US Car, which is the United States Consortium on Automotive Research. And every automotive product that we come up with meets the requirements of US Car. And they, they're very specific in terms of ergonomics is key because you think about a product that has to be mated hundreds or, or you think about someone at a plant who has to mate hundreds of products every single day. Uh, they're susceptible to things like carpal tunnel, um, you know, repetitive stress injuries. And by, by designing to those requirements, we make sure that our connectors go together very easily. And then we also have uh, specific test requirements in terms of making sure it's waterproof, uh, mating cycles, all those kinds of things. And as we develop those for automotive, we, we've even gone further. There's some other requirements that, that make it even more rugged than a typical automotive application. And that's what gets our products into to more of the construction, agriculture, marine markets. So all of those things go together to this portfolio that we're bringing into the distribution channel and if you've got customers that are, are just looking for a, a more rugged way to, to build, say, a, uh, a distribution box inside of an industrial building, again, they, the, you, you think about, you know, how dirty it gets. Um, you know, I, I, I go back to, like, for those of us that are old enough, we remember the original Terminator movie. Um, you know, at the end of the movie, they're in this really dark factory. You know, and all of the connections and those types of things, you know, still, still need to operate. In, in those environments. And, and that's the kind of the, 
the market approach we want to take as we bring these products outside the transportation industry. So, Kirk, we've talked a little bit there about new product development. So could you give us an idea, um, other than the things you've already said, what, what really drives a new product um, and how active is your, your group in bringing new products to market? Well, we're very active in bringing new new products to market. Um, what we've found in in an automotive and transportation, um, a couple of the key driving features we see, one is connectivity. Um, people are so used to being connected uh, that, that they want that same experience in the car. And for safety purposes, you want the car to handle the, the interface there um, as opposed to driving down the road looking at your phone. Uh, you know, that's, that's the whole idea behind voice navigation, those types of things. Um, electrification is another item where, you know, as I mentioned earlier, a lot of the, the old mechanical systems are becoming electrified. And the, the real key driver today for most of the products that, that we're pushing initially into the distribution channel is miniaturization. Um, the analogy I make is if you think about it, the size of a car really hasn't changed in the 120 years that, that, uh, that they've been around, but the electronic features have just grown exponentially. Um, you know, I saw a, a diagram of like a 1936 vehicle that had maybe 30 wires all with ring terminals. And today you think of a car, you can have 250 to 300 individual connectors and, you know, several miles of wire in a single vehicle. So in order to get those products and into, into the same size vehicle and keep that user experience, we've done a lot with miniaturization of our products. Um, you know, the, in 20 years ago, the standard terminal interface for a vehicle was a, a 6.3 millimeter wide terminal. Um, they, went, they went down to 2.8 blade, which is the, the mini fuse, and then 1.2. And now a lot of the new products we have are a half millimeter wide terminal. And they still have to function in the same environments that all the, the uh, larger connectors did in years past. Miniaturization is driving a lot of the uh, technology and connectors today. Uh, one other buzzword that's out there is zonal architecture. really seems to be a hot bu buzzword in the world of transportation and automotive. Can you describe to the audience uh, what that is? Certainly. Um, at its heart, zonal architecture is dividing the vehicle into specific zones and having a, an individual controller for each one of those zones. And as we get more into the autonomous vehicle systems, um, what we're finding is instead of having a sensor, for example, that's on the rear bumper, to have to connect that all the way up to the, to the head unit that's, that's in the passenger compartment, it connects to a zone controller that's in the back of the vehicle. It's typically a low-speed signal. You know, it's, it's running at kilobits as opposed to the megabits and gigabits that we're used to for Ethernet. In, in home systems. The zone controllers and, and the automotive industry is kind of standardized on a minimum of three zone controllers in a vehicle. And those controllers are all networked through a backbone of high-speed ethernet. So instead of having every system on the car into a high-speed system, your lower speed systems connect to the zone controller and the zone controllers communicate with each other. And the, the key things there is one, it reduces the complexity of your wiring and allows you to, to use low-speed wiring. And the other thing is the zone control are completely redundant for each other. If one of those zone controllers in the vehicle had gone out, the other controllers would have the ability to take over for enough period of time to get both of us to a safe 
spot to stop the vehicle. You know, the you certainly don't want your vehicle having to reboot while you're driving down the highway at, at 65 or 70 miles an hour. And how is Molex answering the call for products, product development to help engineers design to this new zonal architecture? Well, we're developing a significant number of products around high speed. Um, the two primary uh wiring systems in vehicles today for high speed are coax and what we call uh, twisted pair ethernet. Um, There's a commercial version, uh, I think it's SPE, which is single pair ethernet. And uh, the IEEE developed a system where instead of having two pairs, which is what your home ethernet operates on, there's one pair that transmits and ones that receive. They're able to to transmit and receive over a single pair, which gives you reduced complexity, um, lower weight, which is always critical in in vehicle applications, and a smaller bundle in order to, to, uh, to pass these, these signals through. So the single pair ethernet is, is what we're working on for the, the backbone of the zonal architecture and other areas that do need a high-speed interface uh, for things like a LIDAR unit or uh, you know, individual radar units. The other piece of that is the coax, which is uh, primarily used for digital cameras and vehicles today. Um, the beauty of the coax cable is it has enough bandwidth that you can carry two different signals. And the way most digital cameras and vehicles work today is you have a high a high speed signal uh, which carries the video piece of it, and then there's a lower signal that actually has a current component to it, and that's what powers the camera. So instead of having to plug a video line in and then power and ground, just what you'd see in, in, a, in a traditional analog camera, a single coax can both power the camera and get the video signal out. And putting a lot of development effort into to those systems. And then the next iteration is what we're calling our MX Dash, which is a data signal hybrid connector. Um, this is kind of a preview of coming attractions. Uh, the, the Dash system is one that it's, it's literally in development as we speak. And what we're doing there is, is combining the high-speed connectors and cables with traditional signal lines. Um, and the example I like to use for that is if you think about your, your typical driver's, driver's door in a vehicle, you've got all the window controls for the vehicle, you've got the mirror controls, some other things, and then with a surround camera system, there's also some coax going to the uh, the camera that's mounted on the external mirror, and in some instances, automakers are putting antennas in those mirrors, um, more for a styling decision instead of having a shark fin on the roof. And we're able to fit all of those connectors and ca- or all of those terminals and signals in a single housing, so it's a single point connection, uh, which significantly speeds up the assembly time in a vehicle plant. That's fascinating, Kirk. I must admit, it's it's very interesting to see where the technology and the products are are going on the on the automotive and the transportation side. Um, it bodes very well for the future, and obviously for a lot of new product development coming soon. Can I uh, take us back and just talk about the relationship that TTI has with TSBU and what is it about the t- the TTI that make makes that so special? Molex has had a long relationship uh, with with the TTI TSBU. Um, you know, from a matter of personal interest, I actually worked in the TSBU uh, for a little bit, and uh, you know, have, have known the people. And I'm very ex- I'm very excited about the the opportunity to work with with your group again because you guys have such a knowledge of the industry. Um, what what TTI brings to Molex is that customer facing piece of it with technically competent people. Who are able to 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 do the legwork and identify the customers and the opportunities where we can both grow our business together, um, you know, and and to me that's the key 
point of this relationship. You know, it, it's mutually beneficial. We've got the products, we've got them on the shelf, and you know, and again, they're they're tooled in high volumes, so it gives you a, a, a relatively good cost position. And what TTI brings is that customer-facing piece of it, and and a great relationship with some honestly some really nice people. And uh, you know, we, we have a lot of fun together, and uh, I'm I'm really excited about the growth potential uh, with Molex and TTI together. Uh, thanks, I appreciate that. So if I'm uh, talking now about our joint customers ultimately how does how do they benefit from that relationship well again the, the customer has a, a person that they're able that they contact regularly um you know i've i, I mentioned with with the distribution channel you guys are literally throughout the country throughout the world talking to customers on a regular basis and for molex to duplicate that sales force we would literally have to hire thousands of people to do that. Um, you guys know the customers literally like the back of your hand and are able to, to understand what their requirements are. Um, you know, when at Molex, when we deal with an automotive customer, we know when, when specifically as an example, if we go to GM, we know exactly what documentation is required, um, what what uh, hoops we have to jump through to get our products qualified. And that's what you guys know with your customers. You know, you, you've got customers that you've been dealing with for 10, 20, 30 years and understand that when they want a new product, here are the things that are important to them. And you, you can take care of that interface for us and say, I've got a customer that has this type of requirement. And from a Molex standpoint, I can come in and say, well, here are the two or three connectors. Between us, we identify that. And you know, you can look at a cut connector and say, well, my customer doesn't like this one because of these things that we've seen in the past. And I think that helps us give a much better solution to the customer. Instead of coming in and just opening up a, a portfolio and saying, here, what do you want? We, we come in with a targeted approach of, of two or three options to help solve to solve uh, whatever issues they have. TTI is a great partner, and um, you know, for our audience doesn't know, they have a specific transportation group um, that is uh, laser focused on these this market and this customer and servicing them, as well as bringing Molex's new technology to those customers. But as we progress forward in the year 2023 and we move into 2024. How do you see the market developing uh, for transportation connectors? What I see in the in the industry is, um, I think, a, a somewhat of a um, caution growth period for the for the rest of this year and, and into next year. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, external factors that are that are impacting us, but uh, the the pace of, of development and growth is just fantastic within within the transportation industry and uh i'm really excited about the potential going forward you know the from a business standpoint um you know there there's some some headwinds on a global basis uh we're all aware of the political situation you know with with uh russia and the ukraine uh has had some impact on that region but um you know generally I, th I think we're we're looking at, at some decent growth uh, compared to some other industries this year. And uh, you know, I think coming back to our uh, our our ride out in Phoenix in the Waymo vehicle, I mean, one of the things we were looking at is just how much cabling and connector content that is in these vehicles with this many sensors, with this much technology, displays, etc., cameras, lidar. Um, so how do you see that impacting the industry? I mean, it's almost to the point where, you know, a, a vehicle designer is going to have to start thinking of their connections and their cabling top of mind before they go into anything else. 
Exactly. Um, you know, I've, I've been in the connector industry for a long time, and, and the joke I've always used is the connector is the last thing people think about. And the analogy there is that if you look on a circuit board, there's no symbol for a connector. Um, you know, you've got resistors, capacitors, but when you look at a schematic, they bring a line to the edge of the, bo- edge of the board, and they put a J there and say jumper and, and figure out a connector. But as, as the connectors and the cables become an integral part of the high-speed data that has to go between them, you're right, it is more and more they're going to have to look at the connections and the cabling systems as they design them. And that's where a company like Molex, I think, is in a great position because we also have a strong a portfolio of what we're what are traditionally non-automotive products and we're seeing a lot of those in vehicles you know you mentioned the displays um you know the internal systems and a lot of the products that we've got say in an iphone today are also we're also in that waymo in terms of connecting the display and and the processors that are required for internal systems so that's why I'm very excited about the potential with Molex and TTI for the electrification going forward by being able to offer that complete portfolio of products, um, you know, for, from a miniaturization standpoint, from a high-speed standpoint, and, uh, and all the other rugged and reliable capabilities that we have. I think it's a fantastic um, potential for Molex and TTI to, to grow business. And, and the key to growing that business is being able to help our customers solve those problems. Yeah, Kirk, great stuff. Um, really interesting where the market's going, very interested in, in where we are today. But I think the future just holds so many possibilities with so many new technologies. And I think that's a great place to wrap this up. So that was Kirk Ullery from Molex. Kirk, thanks very much for joining Dan and I on today's podcast. And we really appreciate the time you spent with us. Yes, thank you, Kirk. All right. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you, guys. Appreciate the, uh, the probing questions. And I look forward to, uh, again, the, the, the great potential of growth between our two companies. That's it for this episode of the TTI Distribution Download. For more information on any of the topics you heard about today, reach out to your nearby TTI branch at 1-800-CALL-TTI or visit us online at tti.com.